Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, 11 and 12 says this, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be condemned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in, in unrighteousness. You notice there that people were believed a lie religiously because they didn't have a love for the truth. I want to talk about that in just a moment. Back in January of 2016, I had a call from Jamie in Pensacola. Very outstanding question. Why are there so many different interpretations of the Bible? I think people assume that there's all these different interpretations of the Bible out here because the Bible's hard to understand. I mean, we have to admit there's a lot of interpretations. Why, there's hundreds of different churches. They all represent a different interpretation of the Bible. Why are there so many? Well, people assume this Bible's hard to understand. But no, the passage we just read, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 10, I think it's because they don't have a love for the truth. Let me read verse 10 again. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. I think most of the time, People are coming up with wrong interpretations of the Bible, not because the Bible's hard to understand, but because they don't have a proper love for the truth. Most of the time, the Bible's really not that hard to understand. I mean, Peter wrote that some of the things that Paul wrote were hard to understand. So there's some that are harder. The last six chapters of Daniel, the book of Revelation, harder to understand, in my opinion. But they say most of the Bible is written on a sixth grade level. It's easy to understand, like the books of history. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Well, they just say Jesus did this, Jesus said that. Paul went here, Peter did this. It's not that hard to understand. And then probably half the rest of the books in the New Testament are just Paul's letters to churches. It's, it's like getting a letter from your girlfriend when you're courting her. I mean, you don't have to take that love letter down to the uh, president of the local theological seminary for him to in, interpret it for you. Just read what your girlfriend wrote and you understand it. And that's the way the Bible is. So when Jamie asked me this question back in 2016, my immediate thought was to turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35 and let the issue of women preachers be a test case for is, are there so many different interpretations of the Bible because the Bible's hard to understand? Let me read that text for you. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Now, on this issue of women preachers, can women preach from the pulpit when the whole church is all together, come into one place? Four, chapter 14, verse 23. On that issue, is this passage clear or ambiguous? It's not ambiguous in the least. It's, it's very clear. As a matter of fact, I sometimes assert that this is the clearest verse on any topic in the whole Bible, on any topic, this is the clearest verse on any topic. It's a shame for women to speak in the church. Let your women keep silence in the churches. It's not permitted unto them to speak. He says it three times, yet 75%, I'm told 75% of churches across America and Canada allow women to speak from the pulpit. I wonder why that is when this passage is so clear. 
Why is it that so many churches just seem to ignore this passage, allow women to preach from the pulpit when this verse says women are to keep silence in the church? And there's nothing unclear about it. Let's talk about that more in a minute. But if you have a Bible question or comment, I want you to give me a call at 877-655-6755. The lines are wide open if you want to give me a call. 877-655-6755. I think this passage and this topic illustrates what we can read in Ephesians 3, 3 through 4 about understanding the Bible. Here's what Paul wrote there. He says, how that by revelation... He made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a foreign few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. It shows how revelation works. God revealed to Paul. Paul wrote it down. Paul sent the letter to the Ephesians, and the Ephesians read what was intended for them. God didn't reveal to the Ephesians directly. He revealed through Paul. And they, he wrote it down in words so that when they read it, they can understand it. You see how you can read the Bible and understand it? How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a foreign few words whereby when you read you may understand. We understand it by reading it. It's not, the Bible's not written in code. The Bible's not written in code. And I think this helps us to see or is illustrated by this issue of women preachers in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. There's nothing hard to understand about that when it says it's a shame for women to speak in the church. It's not hard to understand at all. Then why do so many churches allow women to preach? Well, is it possibly because they feel pressure to be politically correct, the political correctness pressure, or they think they think it's best to have women preachers? That may be it. I'm not sure, but they're certainly not following the Bible, and it's not because the Bible's hard to understand. So we don't have a difference of interpretation or understanding about women, whether women should be preachers because the Bible's hard to understand on that. No, 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35 is crystal clear. Nothing hard to understand about that. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. It's a shame for women to speak in the church. Nothing hard to understand about that, yet we have so many different understandings about whether or not women should preach from the pulpit. Not because the Bible's hard to understand. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. I think there's another reason why people come up with different interpretations of the Bible, and it's not because the Bible is hard to understand, is because they're not using the right authority. Let me read this quote from Charles Taz Russell, who was the, who started the Watchtower Witnesses, the JWs, and here's what he wrote about the Scripture versus his books, the Scripture Studies. He said, this is back in 1910, he said, we find that people cannot see the divine plan in studying the Bible by itself. We see also that if anyone lays aside the scripture studies, even after he has read them for 10 years, if he then lays them aside and ignores them and goes to the Bible alone, our experience shows that within two years he goes into darkness. On the other hand, if he had merely read the scripture studies and had not read a page of the Bible, he would be in the light. What's the founder of the Watchtower folks, Mr. Russell, saying? He said, basically, if you want to know the truth, you're better off reading our material than reading the Bible. You'd be better off reading our material and not the Bible than to read the Bible and not our material. You see, they have the wrong authority. They have the wrong authority. Their authority is not the Bible. Their authority 
is their material. Their material trumps the Bible. I can understand if you got two different authorities, somebody's taking the Bible and somebody else has got something else as their authority, of course you're going to come up with two different conclusions. Yeah, unless we all agree that the Bible is our sole authority, we're going to come up with different conclusions. So it's not because the Bible's hard to understand. That's not why people come up with different conclusions. And sometimes it's because they have the wrong authority. But compare Mr. Russell's quote with 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The Bible says there, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Clearly, this is saying all you need is God's word. It will, it, it, the, that the, the scripture is given that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished into all good works. It tells us everything we need to know religiously. The Bible's inspired of God. God's the, the true author of the Bible. He used the men to write it down. The Bible was inspired by God. It's profitable, profitable for doctrine. If you want to know what the right doctrine is, you have a doctrinal dispute, like should baptism be sprinkling of babies or immersion of believers? Go to the Bible to decide that. The Bible is and should be our sole authority, but if you use something else as your authority, of course you're going to come to a different conclusion. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. The lines are wide open, 877-655-6755. Now, let me give you a couple other quotes. Here's a quote from the Birmingham News in 2003 by the first Episcopal bishop, Episcopal church bishop. He said, just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. Well, not only was the Episcopal Church compromising and accepting homosexual bishops or preachers, whatever you want to call them, they're admitting that they're not following the Bible anymore. He says, just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. I thought that's what made something wrong. If it's a departure from Scripture, it's wrong. And if it's within, abiding in the Scripture, it's right. All religious people, all people claiming to be Christians should know that. All churches should know that. But this church is admitting they don't follow the Scriptures anymore. Just because the Scripture says that it's wrong, that doesn't make it wrong, according to them. The Presbyterian USA Church said something similar. They said this. The church needs should reevaluate its definition of sin to reflect the changing mores or practices of society. Huh. So in the Bible, the definition of sin, 1 John 3, 4, is transgression of the law. Talking about God's law. If you transgress God's law, that's a sin. Now this church says we need to reevaluate that definition of sin. Instead of what the how the Bible defines sin, the sin should be reflect the changing mores of society. In other words, if 100 years ago, society said homosexuality is wrong, then we're going to say it's wrong. But if now they say it's right, we're going to say it's right. It changes with society. You see, not only have this Presbyterian church compromised and now is allowing gay marriage, they're admitting they're not following the Bible anymore. They want to change the definition of sin to reflect the changing mores of society instead of how the Bible defines what sin is. You know, some denominations may not say it as outright as those three quotes, but they do the same thing with their creed books and confession. Nothing wrong with writing down what you believe the Bible teaches, but when you say 
that's the authority instead of the Bible. This creed book is our authority. Then you've got the wrong authority. And of course, you're going to come to a different conclusion if you got the wrong authority. And sometimes Christians do the same thing with their favorite preachers. They believe what their favorite preacher says instead of what the Bible says. That's the wrong authority. And if we have the wrong authority, if the Bible's not our sole authority, then of course we're going to come up with different conclusions. Again, the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open, 877-655-6755, Another reason that churches, preachers, people come up with different interpretations of the Bible, and it's not because the Bible's hard to understand, it's because sometimes they let tradition trump Scripture. They let tradition trump scripture. I think a perfect example of this is the Catholic Church's teaching that Mary, the mother of Jesus, remained a virgin her whole life. They call it the perpetual virginity of Mary. I think the Bible's pretty clear that she didn't remain a virgin after she married Joseph, after Jesus was born. Talking about Joseph and Mary, Matthew 1, 24 and 25 reads this way. And Joseph knew her not, Till she had brought forth her firstborn son, firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, if it says Joseph didn't know his wife Mary until Jesus was born, that would imply, wouldn't it, that once Jesus was born, Joseph did know her in that sense. He did know her in that sense. How about Matthew 13, 55 and 56, which reads this way. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Josie and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Looks like to me it's pretty clear Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters. How could he have brothers and sisters if Mary remained a virgin her whole life? I don't think these verses are very hard to understand. Joseph didn't know her until they had Jesus and he had Jesus had brothers and sisters. It's impossible for Jesus to have brothers and sisters if Mary remained a virgin her whole life. And there's nothing hard to understand about these passages. So the reason the Catholic Church, for example, believes the perpetual virginity of Mary has nothing to do with the Bible being hard to understand. The Bible's very, very easy to understand on this. It's because they have a tradition about Mary. And their tradition about Mary is going to trump what the Bible says. It's not because the Bible's hard to understand. Another related item, of course, the Catholic Church teaches that Peter was the first pope. And, of course, you can't be a pope if you're married. You can't even be a priest if you're married. But somehow, did you know Peter was married? Peter had a mother-in-law. I mean, it doesn't seem like it'd be fair to have a mother-in-law if you didn't didn't get a wife along with it. Ha, ha, ha. Here's Matthew 8, verse 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid in sick of a fever. So Peter had a mother-in-law. He had a wife. His his mother-in-law, his wife's mother, was sick. Well, how could Peter be the first pope if he had a wife? I thought Peter was supposed to be the first pope and popes can't get married. There's not anything hard to understand about that. The Catholic Church has a tradition that Peter was the first pope and that popes can't be married in spite of what the Bible says. Nothing hard to understand about the Bible, but they let their tradition trump what the scripture says. You see what I'm getting at? If you don't, give me a call. The number to call, if you have a Bible question or comment, is 
877-655-6755. Another reason that people come up with different interpretations of the Bible, and it's not because the Bible's hard to understand, is because sometimes people have ulterior motives. They believe a particular thing, even though the Bible's clearly against what they believe, because they have ulterior motives. A good example of that is in John 12, 42 and 43. It says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Here's these religious leaders. They believed on Jesus. The problem is that it's not hard to understand. They could understand that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed it. But they weren't willing to follow through on it because of the Pharisees. They were scared of being put out of the synagogue. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So they understood the truth on this, that Jesus is the Son of God. But they didn't follow through on that. They believed it. They didn't follow through on it because they didn't want to be kicked out of the church they were in. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. See the ulterior motive? I think the same thing is true about homosexuality. I've done a number of ch debates, public debates with gay church churches, and, you know, they have track racks in their church buildings. Those track racks, they're not full of tracks on different topics. They're all usually the same topic. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Scott from Florida, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, hey, uh, I like your show. Very informative, uh, controversial, but very informative and makes me think. Uh, but Thank I want to point your encouragement, out, Scott. Yeah, I, now I'm going to give you the but. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead. I, I think unless I'm wrong, you made an error because you said, and, I, and Peter could not have been the first pope because, because it clearly states that he was married. Yeah. Well, under my understanding, the Catholic Church didn't outlaw marriage for their clergy until about 900 to 1,000 years after Christ. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, it was done for financial reasons so that the remaining family could not have a claim over the church assets. Am I correct on that? You know, I don't know. So what about what year? About 900 A.D. maybe? Is that what you're saying? That's my understanding. It was done for financial reasons is what I, what I was taught. And is that the same time they outlawed priests being married? Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like you're trying to justify. You probably don't believe Peter was the first pope. You're just trying to point out maybe I'm making a mistake in my reasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, just a little correction there. And another heresy of the Catholic Church, you know, how they do things for their own, uh, you know, desires and nothing to do with Christ or the Bible. Uh-huh. So. Is there anything? Yeah. Uh, Anything in the Bible about Peter being the first pope? Absolutely not. I 100% agree that that was made yeah. up. Yeah. The Catholics didn't even come into existence until the 300s. Isn't that true? Yeah, or later than that. Yeah, you're right. Under under uh, Constantine started the Roman State Church uh -huh. or as a means, a means of control. Um, Scott, I need to know, look that up because, because, you know, we don't want to make – we, when we're preaching the truth, we don't want to make false arguments for the truth, right? Unsound arguments for the truth. So I need to look yeah, up no, what you're saying and investigate it and find out, okay? Thanks for pointing that out yeah, to me. Yeah, respect. You do a great job. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
Appreciate your right, call, that's... Scott. Anything else? Um, just I've been I've been uh, discussing with a friend of mine at church. I go to a Southern Baptist church, and he. Yeah. I've been convicted by you mainly of the fact that we we may not be we, we can walk away from our salvation, and you gave a lot of examples. And he comes back with a lot of examples, and a lot of people do. They think they walk that aisle one time, say a prayer, and then they die. And there's so many people, I believe, could possibly be going to hell because of that false teaching. And you, you've convicted me of that. And, and I would like to study more with you so, so that I can be equipped to teach people because it's, it's a big problem within the evangelical churches. Scott, do you mind telling me your number and I'll call you after the program. We can set up a study and talk about once saved, always saved. That would be wonderful. I really respect you doing that. My num- You want me to give it to you now? Just give me your telephone number right now to make sure I get it. 850-791-9090. 850-791-9090? Yeah, I look forward to talking to you. I'll try to call you after the program tonight, and we'll, we'll try to set up a time where we can talk about the once saved, always saved doctrine uh, at, uh, when we have more time, okay? Yeah, because I'm very convicted to try to help people. I don't want people going to hell over that. what could be very, mo- very much a false teaching is, and so many people believe that. You're right, Scott, 100%. You're right. Thank you for your call, and I'll call you later, okay? God bless you. Have a good evening, Thank Scott. You. Scott makes a good point. We don't want to, we don't want to be preaching the truth, but using unsound arguments for the truth. So I would need to check on what Scott told me and find out when they first started not letting priests get married and for what reason, uh, and make sure that even though I had a, I was preaching the truth, we don't want to do it with an unsound argument. I appreciate Scott calling me and cautioning me on that because we don't want to do that. But I was talking about. People believing things because they have ulterior motives. Well, g- debating in these gay churches, they have track racks. In the tracks, they're almost always the same. They're just some testimony of somebody. And it goes something like this every time. I was gay, but I was in a church that taught that it was wrong, so I was always feeling guilty. And all of a sudden, I found this church that would say it's okay. You see, they didn't they didn't find out from the by studying the Bible that homosexuality was okay. No, the Bible is clearly teaching homosexuality is, is a sin. They just searched around till they found a church that would say what they're doing is okay. Let, let me read you this passage from the Old Testament. I know we're not under the Old Testament, but I want to read this to you from the Old Testament and see what you think. Leviticus 20 verse 13 says this. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. Now, I think that clearly condemns homosexuality, a man having sex with another man. I I don't think there's anything unclear about that. So these people are not believing that being a homosexual is okay because the Bible's hard to understand on that issue. No, it's because they have an ulterior motive. They want to be homosexual. They're already, that's what they want to do. So they search around until they can find a church that'll tell them it's okay. That's how they do it. It's an ulterior motive. I think it's a clear case of it. The Bible's not hard to understand, Old Testament or New Testament. Clearly condemns five or six verses in the Old, five or six in the New. Homosexuality is a sin. There's nothing ambiguous about those verses. 
But people come to the interpretation that the Bible teaches it's okay, not because they can find a verse in the Bible, and you can't find a verse in the Bible that teaches once saved, always saved. That's not what they're doing. It's because they want to believe that homosexuality is okay because that's their practice. I'm about to have to go off the air. Appreciate you listening tonight. We'll try to take up and do some more on this study next week on why there's so many different interpretations of the Bible. Is it because the Bible's hard to understand? No. We'll try to talk about more next week. If you can remember to tune in next week at this same time. But if you would like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, sometime at your convenience, I want you to give me a call at 256-682-9753. Call or text me at 256-682-9753 if you'd like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me sometime at your convenience. Also, you can go to the website, BibleCrossFire.com, where you can listen to old programs or ask me Bible questions over email, look at different Bible studies. The number to call if you want a free Bible study with me, 256-682-9753.